Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. And what a Sunday we have for you. Over the next three hours, things are going to get crazy because in an hour from now, we will start to get the bracket for the 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. We are coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you can save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes? Look at pictures of foods that your friends ate. Again, call 1-888-FARMERS for a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. All right, get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. And, and we're going to talk a lot of hoops today, and, and a majority of that's going to come at 6 o'clock Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, when the brackets are released. But there is some NFL news to start, and some big news in Green Bay as Aaron Jones comes uh, goes back to the Packers on a four-year deal. But George, maybe the news that isn't grabbing the headlines that I thought it would, and maybe I should come to expect this, is Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network saying, You know what? The Seahawks and Russell Wilson trade saga 
for as much hype that has been made about this, yeah, the Seahawks have taken some calls on it, but there's really been no negotiations with any other team. There have been no heavy talks with another squad about Russell Wilson. So while we want to put Russell Wilson somewhere else and put a bunch of draft picks in Seattle, the reality of it is that not much is going on or not as much is going on as everyone would have hoped. And in this world that we live in where gossip sells, it's not surprising to me because that's not the juicy stuff, George. Them being them being at odds and can't stand being in the same room and Russell Wilson storming out and then ending up leaving Seattle, that's the stuff that's juicy. But in reality, a trade for Russell Wilson this season seems to be much more further away than people would want to believe. Duh. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it. I mean, like we've talked about it a lot and much has been made about it. But I just didn't see a scenario where he would be traded. It just didn't make sense. Like eating a $39 million cap hit. $39 million. I mean, like it seemed untenable. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it, like that, that in and of itself. First thing, right? Second thing, the Seahawks are, are a well run organization. They haven't necessarily drafted well or put the the pieces around Russell Wilson and con- constructed the roster the way that they should have. But it, overall, it's a very well-run organization. And then you have to remember who Russell Wilson is, the person at his core. Like, he's a forgiving man. He's a, a thoughtful and all of this man. So the idea that you that something could happen – that's irreparable seems very unlikely where, where he has so much history that, that just a sit down conversation and being able to come to some sort of agreement would be enough to satisfy what Russell Wilson uh, would, what would a need because ultimately he wants to win above everything else. You know, it's funny because I kind of blame myself in some of this of, of, I don't know if it's getting caught up in the hype, George, but maybe just not trying to look at this situation from all angles because I was critical of Russell Wilson's agent for going out and saying, hey, Russ wants to be in Seattle, but if you were traded, these would be the four teams that he would go to. And instead of, of, of looking at that from a, from a different way, I just said, man, what you know? You're you're trying to get your way out now. You're trying to pick your spot, being critical of it that way. But what I think the message actually said was he was never going to go to Dallas. That was never going to happen. Not with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott in their situation. And I didn't think that he helped Dak Prescott's negotiations. By the way, I actually think that Russell Wilson hurt a lot of people in in putting out the teams that he made. The Saints have the worst cap situation of any team in the National Football League, so he wasn't going to go to New Orleans. On top of everything that you said, now you left two teams there with the Raiders and the Bears, and the Bears don't have a viable option to give Seattle from the quarterback position and their draft pick position in 2021 isn't necessarily that appealing. Sitting at at number 20 overall. So like those spots were never realistic. And instead of, you know, I I looked at it the wrong way. I should have looked at, you know what? Russell Wilson just gave the Seahawks just a bunch of, of it, it wasn't a demand. It was just a bunch of places that nothing was ever going to work. So in well, the end, it, he's just going to go back to Seattle anyway and maybe try to curry some favor with the fans and maybe try to force the Seahawks to let him have his way next season. Oh, no, 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 no. None of those options were I, real. I mean, even Vegas. No, like no, Vegas no, they, seems to be they, loving Derek Carr right now. So, I mean, I mean how so, real is that? Okay. 
So there were a couple of options, right? There was a cool trade that I think it was Bill Barnwell from ESPN put out. It was the, th- this is before the Patriots signed Cam. Mm-hmm. It was the Patriots getting Derek Carr. I'm the Derek Carr. The, yeah, the, the Patriots getting Derek Carr. The no, no, wait, hold up. Jeez, geez, wait, no, no, no. It was, yeah, it was the the Seahawks getting David Carr, the Raiders Derek getting, Carr. yeah, yeah, Derek Carr, the Raiders getting Russell Wilson, and then the Patriots getting a high first round draft pick this this year. It was this cool trade, and then the Raiders ended up giving the Seahawks a bunch of first-round draft picks. The Patriots gave them a first-round draft pick. But everybody ended up basically with, with what they wanted. But now that they've signed, re-signed Cam, that's not going to happen. You know, it it reminds me of the drama that happened this week. A-Rod and J-Lo were going to be out. Like They were on ah. their outs. Their their engagement, their, their happy love affair, their two-year engagement was coming to an end. Uh, reports say A-Rod and J-Lo have split. Now listen. There, there maybe have been rumors, or we've looked at them and said, "How real? How real is that situation? How real is their their love? How real is that engagement?" I think you could say the same things, the same things about the Seahawks and their relationship with Russell Wilson. But in the end, what do we hear? J Lo and A Rod are trying to work things out, and in the end, I think that's what you're going to get from the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. That you know what? We're going to work things out. We've got breaking yep. news at the news desk with David Gascon. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Well, Dan, you're talking about quarterback play. No more for Drew Brees. It is official. After 15 years, he has announced he is retiring from the National Football League. Wow. So, that, yeah. That, not I, unexpected. I knew that, that was coming. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't unexpected for me. I, I thought it was coming, but when he was doing workout videos, I think that he was considering it, but I think that he had a talk with the saints and they were like we're going in a different direction drew and i think that he didn't want to uproot his family or to or to move his family from new orleans just for a season or him live somewhere else and have his family in new orleans for the uh the uh, season so he was faced i think he was faced ultimately with that choice of Look, Drew, you're either not going to be you can go play somewhere else. And there probably weren't a whole lot of options for him to go and be the guaranteed starter. And they're moving on with with the Saints. So I think that that was the deciding factor for him. Yeah, and with the new league year starting on St. Patrick's Day coming up on Wednesday, a decision had to be made. I had had wondered uh, aloud filling in this this week on the Doug Gottlieb show of just you know, we haven't heard anything official and time was running out, but they now make the time. This was the statement that Drew Brees made on social media, and I'm, I'm quoting, after 20 years as a player in the NFL and 15 years as a saint, it is time I retire from the game of football. Each day I poured my heart and soul into being your quarterback. Till the very end, I exhausted myself to give everything I had to the Saints organization, my team in the great city of New Orleans. We shared some amazing moments together, many of which are emblazoned in our hearts and minds that will forever be a part of us you have molded me strengthened me inspired me and given me a lifetime of memories my goal for the 
the last 15 years was striving to give you everything you had given to me and more. I am retiring from playing football. I am not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. Now my real life's work begins. That from Drew Brees. I apologize for the pick six on the uh, mispronunciation of Emblazon, but... Drew Brees calling it quits with that statement there uh, with a picture, by the way, of his four children, three of which who are sitting in their uh, in their jerseys, uh, Saints jerseys that uh, Drew Brees had with the number nine. So Drew Brees calls it quits. Yeah, that wow. that that's definitely notable. But but there was one point that I wanted to make about what we were talking about earlier about Russell Wilson. And where you said that that you think he put out his list of teams knowing that nothing could happen ultimately with any of those teams. And I thought it was that I, I didn't think that that was it. I, I I think that sometimes even in relationships, if you feel like like some, sometimes if one partner feels like they're being taken advantage of. Right. Or that they're being underappreciated. They will sometimes remove themselves from that situation or basically like a mom boycott or a dad boycott or something where, mm-hmm. where, where it's like, no, no, no. All right, look, I'm not okay. N- n- nobody around here wants to eat food. Nobody around here wants to do all this stuff. Okay, cool. I'm not cooking for an entire week. And it's like, oh, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. We need a No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cooking this week. And then after it's like, oh, wow. Okay. And I think that when the team was saying that they were so mad about what he said on Dan Patrick and maybe they would trade him if there was internal or anything, he was like, oh, all right, cool. If if uh, that's what you want to want to do, okay, fine. I'm, I'm open to it. And then I think it became a reality. It was like, okay, never mind. Let, let, let's find a way to work this out. Plus the $39 million, I think that that's what the thing that made them work it out the most. Yeah, but, but you, don't, you don't force a team's hand by giving them a list of four teams, three of which that just aren't realistic. I mean, I mean, the Saints had no money. The Bears have no collateral, and Dak Prescott was, you know, was going to be back with the Cowboys. Like there was, there was, they there could was, have signed and traded him. I mean, there there were options. Yeah, but but I don't think that they were real options. If you want to say I want to go to a contender, that's one thing. Uh, you know, then then you're open to ten or twelve teams. But to put the list out that narrow just to me tells me that Russell Wilson was was never really, really threatening to leave Seattle, but just wanted to put it out there that, hey, maybe, maybe he would. It's J-Lo and A-Rod. That's who these two are. The Seahawks and Russell are J-Lo and A-Rod. You think they're going to split up, but in the end, they're going to try to get back together and she make it work. She scrubbed him from his Instagram. She she scrubbed his her him from her Instagram except for like one picture because I, I went and looked. I was like... I was like, hold up, let me let me go see because they had a bunch of lovey dovey pictures. All that she scrubbed him, dude. <laughs> like like he oh. had never been there. There are more pictures of her and her vocal coach Steve Stevie Mackey on her Instagram than it is of a Rod right now. He's George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's M Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. That's right. 
the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at FoxSportsRadio.com, you will win $1 million. Compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts and fellow listeners, and the listener in first place, even without a perfect bracket, wins a $1,000 gift card. Second place gets $300, and third place takes home $200. You can pre-register now and get official rules at FoxSportsRadio.com even before the brackets are released. It's the Fox Sports Radio M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Refine your prime with M-Drive. Coming up next, Drew Brees is done with the NFL. Who's the Saints signal caller? And guess who's back with the pack? We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, it's really good. Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Back on Fox Sports Sunday, I'm George Reister. He is Dan Beyer. Super exciting day today. We're going to be doing a whole bunch on March Madness with the bracket selection. But first, there is a whole lot going on in the world of sports. And we are live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. Now we have to bring in a man with all the info, all the insider info, Mr. Adam Kaplan. He's a Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. You can hear him on Sirius XM as well. And also host of the Inside the Birds podcast. And you can find him at Kaplan NFL. Adam, welcome to the show. Guys, good to talk to you. Yeah, lots going on. We are... uh Teams, as we've been talking about, are in a cap crunch. They're trying not to cut players, so they're restructuring, and we got a lot of restructures done. We got some extensions done. We got a retirement of Drew Brees. It's just happened. Lots going on. Yeah. We, oh, so we were just talking about the retirement of Drew Brees, and yep. was this a forced retirement in terms of? he wasn't going to be able to return to the to the Saints and he was going to have to go elsewhere or was this strictly a Drew Brees move no this is this is something they they decided this is going to be it um and I know we had talked about those workout videos were out there um you, you could see in social media but remember uh, recently early February they reduced his salary uh significantly to just to the veteran minimum to help the team under the cap um it was, it was to the point, in fact, not, not only would he not return to the Saints, it was literally a just over a million, nothing else, which kind of told you where this was going. And both sides agreed that this was the direction it was going to go. There's, by the way, there'll be some dead money under the cap with his retirement, just uh, over $11 million, which they, they can't avoid. They knew this was going to happen. But fact of the matter is, it's fascinating to see what happens here at quarterback for them. They want to bring back Jameis Winston, and also they have Taysom Hill. Uh, so we'll see what happens at their, that quarterback position. The quarterback position, by the way, around the National Football League, is the most fascinating you're going to see over the next 72 hours. A lot is going to happen. A lot of juggling. Yeah, Adam, and the the amazing thing about that is I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I actually think of who's going to be the next quarterback of the Saints would probably be more of a topic than looking back at Drew Brees' career. <laughs> right? Like I mean, on, on Sports Talk Radio this yeah. week, it's not going to be like, who do you you know rank? Who do, where it's going to be like? Is it going to be Taysom Hill's job? Is it Jameis Winston like the, the, so right. those conversations are coming back? And I know that those conversations will happen, and, and and we'll have them on this show as well. But I am curious on the overall picture of Drew Brees. We know Brady's the goat with his Super Bowl wins. Uh, you know Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. What is the what is the the thought process of who Drew Brees was as a quarterback? through the minds of those that spent time competing against him or playing with him in the NFL. Special, kind of like an assassin. Like, you you know, you look at him physically, just over six feet, but he just tears you apart. I've talked to countless defensive coaches over the years because he's got that computer chip, kind of like Peyton Manning, scanning the field. You know what does show you once, and, and I've learned this in this business for 21 years, you don't have to have a rocket arm to be a great quarterback, but his accuracy is legendary, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. Uh, obviously, the tandem of... Drew Brees and Sean Payton together, ultra, ultra special. Let's not forget about that. No great player is great without great coaching. Even Tom Brady, folks, got great coaching in, in, with the Patriots over the years. Uh, just re- and, and don't forget, I remember when, uh, when the Dolphins decided that uh, they were not going to pursue Brees because of his shoulder. Uh, thank goodness for the, the Saints. They had better medical information. Think about it that, though. Think about it. He was going to be a Dolphin, but the Dolphins... And um, Nick Saban, they decided to not to pursue because of the doctor's uh, information. 
Um, so we also got information about the Patriots re-signing Cam Newton. I was excited about that because I, I think that Cam is going to play better this year. But what do you do? You think the Patriots still draft a quarterback? How do they feel about Cam? What have you heard there? Yeah, here here's where they're at with this. Uh, I would not roll out anything here. Uh, the, the contract is is a veteran. Co- it's a veteran minimum contract with upside. That's what it is. So nothing they do will have at. Th- Cam Newton's contract will not impact anything, literally nothing. They may make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They may make a trade for quarterback. They may draft a quarterback. In fact, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, right now, when, once Cam signs that contract, they'll have two quarterbacks of note under contract. They'll have to add one more. Um, but they're gonna do, they'll do another thing at, at quarterback, um, whether it's, again, whether it's a trade. Uh, I'm not rolling that out. Um, I'm, I'm not rolling out a, a, a rookie. I'm not rolling out a first or second round draftee. No, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really tell me much. The only thing is it's surprising that they brought him back in that. Cam had a poor season, but there's a reason for it. No offseason, no preseason, never worked with these players before. It's hard to do that. It's a very sophisticated offense. If you've not worked in the Josh McDaniel system, which is a timing op, uh, option route system, it's really, real difficult to learn in two weeks, two and a half weeks. As two former quarterbacks told me who work for Josh, it's very difficult to learn. You need time to learn it. And Belichick, Bill Belichick, who made the call, is clearly, clearly betting on that. That, that not only, whether we have an offseason or not is up to debate, but getting at least in the playbook in the offseason and having those conversations with the coaches, that's going to help them. And, and if we do have some sort of an offense in May and June, it'll help that even more. What are your thoughts? Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. About them drafting quarterback. Uh, and there's. Boston was up in arms that Bill Belichick wasn't at Trey Lance's pro day. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. Yeah, I, it's Boston. But is, is that a possibility, do you think, for New England, or, or is that just not in their DNA? Well, Trey Lance is going to go, I, I believe, somewhere, guys, between 15 and 30, that area. Um, I think when you look at Belichick and his situation, the thing that I, I should have mentioned, which I found interesting, and this was sort of a tell in terms of bringing Cam back, remember – once they were eliminated from the playoffs, they decided not to play Jared Stidham, their fourth-round pick out of, of 2019. They let Cam finish the season, which people could not understand. I couldn't understand. I was like, why wouldn't you play the young kid, get some tape together, get an evaluation? But they insisted on playing Cam, which to me was not really what n- normally would happen. So that, that was kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe just in the back of my mind, maybe Cam would come back. But the thing is they don't know who their future quarterback is, and that's why, Dan, to answer your question, um, I do believe Stidham's days are numbered. They had an opportunity to play him. I'm not saying they're going to cut him or anything, but I don't see him being the future quarterback. I think they'll be wind up drafting somebody. Um, we, and we and you talked about that there's going to be a bunch of movement over the next 72 hours. What's a what What's a preview of that, Adam? All right, so let's look at quarterback. It, it's really going to be the quarterback movement. Whether some guys resign, whether some guys leave. James Winston, I still believe will will wind up staying with the Saints. Um, Andy Dalton's a guy who's going to be very popular in free agency. Andy Dalton's a guy, if you look at him versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick has certainly been a long-time starter, but he's more of a journeyman. Andy Dalton's sort of more, he's obviously younger than Ryan Fitzpatrick. When you look at Andy Dalton, he's going to have a chance to start somewhere else, whether it's Chicago, Denver, somebody else. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be on the move somewhere else, getting a chance to start. No question about that. There are a lot of teams interested in him. Um, there, now, there could be some quarterback trades. I, I would be shocked, by the way, if Russell Wilson's moved. I, I, I really would. I, I don't see it this year, though. I certainly do not believe he'll finish his career as a Seahawk. I don't see any way that'll happen. 
based on his, he cannot agree with Pete Carroll in the direction of their offense. We, the three of us has talked about that quite a bit. Um, there'll be some movement. Alex Smith, by the way, is available. Uh, he'll, he'll go to compete for playing time. Uh, but I do believe there, there's going to be quarterback musical chairs is what I would call it. It's, it's a carousel. There's going to be a lot of chairs. But Jacoby Brissett is going to find a backup job somewhere else. By the way, Joby, J- Jacoby Brissett does not have an agent, which is very interesting. Uh, he uses Bill Parcells as an advisor. But there are a lot of guys going to move. But as, as you guys said earlier, the fascinating one is to see what happens in New Orleans. I cannot wait to see. I think you, I think you set up really well. I can't wait to see whether it's going to be Jameis or uh, Taysom Hill there in New Orleans. And, and to your point, Adam, and I'm not going to put you on the spot because you're talking with us, but yep. we had an opportunity, uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN, saying the Saints are restructuring Taysom Hill's contract to free up some more cap space. Yeah. The numbers are going to be crazy. It's four years, $140 million, but with voidable years on that entire deal. But so the Saints trying to make up some moves, uh, makes up, make up Wait, some what was what was the Four what? years, $140 million. For Taysom Hill? But this is, it's, it's the, the tweet, and this is, this is why, you know, if, and, and if I would need to filibuster, Adam, for you yeah. to, you know, yeah, yeah, get your yeah. bearings, I, yeah. I'm more than happy to do so. Yeah. The, but Schefter's saying that it's a, it's a contract extension that is, uh, has voidable years and it's to free up about, seven and a half million dollars in salary cap space yeah so what happened is i'll give you an example so the eagles in jason kelsey's extension they have a he is a 30 million dollar roster bonus which i'll never see that was done as a placeholder when you do voidable years you you have to they're called dummy years they're voidable you could they they go away so what's going to happen with kelsey's contract if, if kelsey wants to not retire next year and play and come back to philly they both both sides have to get together. I got to see what the real money is. Uh, I'm actually texting someone who's involved with that uh, Taysom Hill deal as we speak here. No worries. I, oh, okay, okay, so how how would that? As you send the uh, text, guys, he's Adam Kaplan. Find him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL, Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, and also Inside the Birds podcast host. Uh, Adam, if oh, all right. So I, I just don't understand the the fascination with 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 uh Taysom Hill to to begin with but I want to talk about the contract and avoidable years because we just saw Tom Brady do it and we just saw um that even though Patrick Mahomes just got a 10-year deal a year ago they're already restructuring and I don't understand why teams haven't done this more because because people say, oh, my gosh, once you pay a quarterback, you, you, you can't win. And But I think that the Patriots, they restructured Tom Brady's contract like mm-hmm. eight times in the eight, 19, 20 years that he was there. So I haven't understood why other teams don't keep kicking the can down the street like that. Okay, the reason why they're doing it this year, and by the way, several teams that normally wouldn't do it are doing it. They will not cut players. I told you guys, th- this the, – the, um, all these people saying that there'd be so many players cut would be historic. It didn't happen. Now, I'm not saying it won't happen tomorrow or Tuesday, but so many teams will not cut players. They're, they're doing, George, what you just said. They're kicking the can down the road. They'd rather take severe cap hits later, later if they have to cut players than take them now. They want to compete, and the pressure, folks, to be good has never been greater. These teams are just not going to cut players. The Saints, by the way, now they did have to cut some players. They cut their, their punter, Thomas Morstead, is pretty good. They cut Emmanuel Sanders. They owed him, they owed him $2 million, fully guaranteed the season from a roster bonus. 
Most teams have not done it. No, the Eagles, the Eagles refuse to do it. The Rams haven't done it yet. They're working on it. They're working on not cutting anybody. These next 48 hours are going to be fascinating to see who hits the street because so far you know, you're, you're seeing really no surprises, folks. It's, teams simply do not like cutting players or won't cut players that they think you could help them. But I'm telling you, man, I don't know where the Saints are going to find all this money. Let's see what happens over the next 48 hours. Uh, last one for me, Adam. How much of a surprise that Aaron Jones returns to Green Bay? Because admittedly, I, really, yeah. that was... No, I, I was on record saying he's going to return there. I, I was actually... I do work for a company called Sports Grid, and I said it. I, think, I, I said I'd be shocked if he doesn't return. They wanted him back so badly, but they didn't want to overpay him. Because you remember A.J. Dillon's their, their second-round pick? Yeah, yeah. And they want, to, they want a two-back system there, and that means Jamal Williams will not be coming back, who, by the way, is, should do very well in free agency. He had a great year. So how – all right. So how does this make sense in terms of how the Packers have drafted? Because they pay Aaron Jones. They have A.J. Dillon. They, they have – Aaron Rodgers, and then they draft Jordan Jordan Love. I, I I don't understand what this front office is thinking. What have you heard anything <laughs> from other people about this? Yeah, no. What they they know they should have drafted a receiver. That was the one thing they 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 wanted to do. But they had a high grade on on Jordan Love, and that's why they did it. It shocked us. But Aaron Rodgers, by the way, um, he re- responded fairly. Okay, here's the deal on Taysom Hill. He was in the last year of his contract making a total of $12.15 million. So they added four voidable years to his contract for $35 million per year, converted $9.686 million of his base salary signing bonus, which allows him to prorate it. Okay. Um, what happens is, see, what happened is they, they basically fully guaranteed his salary this year. Most of his salary this year was not, was not guaranteed. So... so both sides wanted him back, so they guaranteed basically his entire contract this year. But the future years are just voidables. So they'll, they'll go away. And they found a way. They, they, look, th- these dummy years are fu- they're hilarious. As I mentioned, the Jason Kelsey $30 million roster bonus, they'll never see that. There's, there's no way. So what they're going to have to do is if, if, Taysom is if Taysom Hill winds up starting and does well, they're going to have to redo his contract. Simple as that. Wow, <laughs> dude! Oh man, those numbers see, are gonna. It, it would it would just be easier. Uh, quick, super super quick, Adam, because we 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 have mm-hmm. just just like about a minute left. But why do teams like? Why does the league cons- consistently just demand on this salary tap? cap calculation instead of going to more of like an NBA model where it's like, okay, the uh, years are the years. Injury rate, and- simple. Injury, you know George is a player. Injury rate. The, the league will never give in to fully guaranteed contracts. Not no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm saying like w- without the fully guaranteed money mm-hmm. is is why calculate it and start, instead of having all this dead cap money, just whatever the player is due that year translates to to the new team. Like, oh, I don't understand right. why that Cash doesn't make sense. Cash and cap make it the same. Yeah. It, yeah. That's what uh, my friend Andrew Brannis said. He ironically used to be the Packers contract negotiator. And Joe Banner said the same thing. He'd rather make cap and cash exactly alike. But they do contracts differently, whereas they don't do signing bonuses. In, they, they used to not do signing bonuses in Green Bay. When Andrew ran it, it was just, okay, we'll fully guarantee your salaries for, for a year or two, and that's it. There's no signing bonus. That way, if they have to cut you, there's no proration because of the signing bonus. Um, and, and by the way, there are no buyouts in, in the NFL, whereas there are in the NBA. Uh, the, cut, and the, the thing is, though, the injury rate is the whole deal. The, the league just will not give into it. 
These voidable years, man, the, the, it's unbelievable. He's got, Taysom Hill's got four, four voidable years. It's uh, kind of funny when I'm looking at the, uh, the detail that's uh, in this contract. Um, but, see, here's the thing. Sean Payton wanted him to stay, and he wanted to stay. And what it does is they, they lower, they lower everything. What they're doing here is they're, lowering, they're taking some of his signing bonus. They're taking some of his salary, creating it to a signing bonus, and, and fully guaranteeing the rest. That way, that way he's back. So, now, would he be the starter? I would think. But they want Jameis Winston back. I don't know if they're, they're handing him the job yet. We'll, we'll find out soon. All right, you guys, he's Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider, and host of the in, out Inside the Birds podcast. Find him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. Adam, thanks for coming on the show. Guys, thank you. All right, uh, next up, we have Easy as 1, 2, 3, 4, where I demolish Dan Byers' game. <laughs> Actually, we're going to ditch it today, George, just because everything's oh. going on. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's, under- yeah. that's understandable. It's, it's, been, it's been a very busy day, and if I were Dan, Dan Byer, I would be, I would be <laughs> happy because this game's been getting crushed. Uh, but before we get to everything else, we have to figure out, because it's breaking news all day, for Mr. David Gascon. Gas man, what's trending? Hey, guys, Ohio State's a free throw away from catching up to Illinois. Right now, they're just down by a single point in the Big Ten title game. 77-76. to 76. There's 23.6 seconds to play in regulation. Ohio State is 21-8 on the year. Illinois is 22-6. Houston had no problems at all in the American Athletic Conference Championship game, dismantling Cincinnati 91-54. to Quentin Grimes had 21 points for the Cougars. Alabama wins the SEC. They defeated LSU 80-79. Ohio State now has tied it, so it's 77 apiece with less than 30 seconds to play. Atlantic 10, St. Bonaventure wins it. Colgate grabs the Patriot League title as well. They beat Lila of Maryland 85-72. In the NBA, Thunder 128-122 over the Memphis Grizzlies. That game's final. Golden State with a six-point advantage over the Utah Jazz 80-74. This ball game right now is into the third quarter. Additionally, away from all that off the court, a healthy amount of eligible players for the New Orleans Pelicans organization that includes multiple players received their first dosage of COVID-19 vaccines. Pelicans received their shots through a partnership with a local hospital in consultation with team doctors and also officials. In the National Football League, Drew Brees is officially retired from the league after 20 seasons, 15 of them in New Orleans with the Saints. They are restricting or restructuring Taysom Hill's contract. A four-year deal right now for Taysom Hill, $140 million, but every year, one through four is voidable. Aaron Jones resigns to the Green Bay Packers, a four-year extension with $48 million, 13 in guaranteed coin. Dolphins have acquired linebacker Bernard McKinney from the Houston Texans, linebacker Shaq Lawson. Chicago Bears have re-signed defensive end Mario Edwards to a three-year deal worth $11.5 million. Washington has re-signed kicker Dustin Hopkins. And the Players' Championship, Justin Thomas is your leader through 16. He's at minus 14. Lee Westwood is one stroke behind. Guys, back to you. Back here on Fox Sports Sunday, I'm George Reister with Dan Beyer, and we are live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS, and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. So Adam Kaplan, I got to give him credit, dude, because it took him a minute and a half, (laughs) maybe two minutes tops, after you gave him news that he didn't have about Taysom Hill's contract. To find out the details on it and the Drew Brees and how the Drew Brees 
retirement impacts all of that. We will break that all of that down up next here on Fox Sports Sunday. I'm George Reiser. He's Dan Fire. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Fox Sports Sunday, he's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming up at the top of the hour, our special Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday show, Aaron Torres, our college hoops uh, insider here at Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, he hosts with Arnie Spanier on Saturday nights at 11 o'clock Eastern time here on FSR. will be joining us for the next two hours. And there's still stuff to be decided in college basketball as Ohio State is a one-point edge on Illinois in overtime of the Big Ten title game with uh, just under two minutes to go, so it's 81-80, to 80, Buckeyes over Illinois. Uh, we are talking about what's happening in the NFL today because the biggest news is Drew Brees 
announced his retirement. Not shocking because we knew that it was going to happen. Maybe we just uh, were shocked that it lasted this long, George. But I'm sitting here trying to look back at, at what is Drew Brees going to be remembered the most for. And that's why I asked Adam Kaplan. And he said, you know, as an assassin, as a guy that goes, you know, that goes after you uh, with with absolutely no fear and could just pick you apart. I look at Drew Brees as the the guy who made the Saints relevant. And I don't think that's easy to do in the National Football League, especially with the tandem that him and Sean Payton had in New Orleans. I mean, there was never a time growing up that the New Orleans Saints were a marquee team in the National Football League. Just wasn't the case. And when you look at what Drew Brees did when he got there, the Saints had won one playoff game in their franchise history before Drew Brees got there. Their record as a team in the playoffs overall is 10-13. and 13. So Drew Brees won nine playoff games with the New Orleans Saints during his time there. And yeah, there's just one Super Bowl win, and maybe there could have been more if it wasn't for a bad call in the NFC Championship game against the Rams and, and all that stuff. But I just think of, of bringing the Saints and becoming synonymous with that team and with that city is how we are going to end up remembering Drew Brees. He's going to be one of the all-time greats. There's going to be a debate of of top five, top ten, where you want to put him. But I think it's just Drew Brees making the Saints a team that we care about in the National Football League and taking them to the highest of heights is, is what I think his, his biggest legacy is going to be. Yeah, so outside of it, he's going to be, I think, from the rest of the league, he'll be remembered as a guy like, whoa, like he threw for a lot of yards, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, clearly. Um, but the the one Super Bowl thing is going to, like, that's, that's where people can detract from your legacy because uh, that's all they care about. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have six Super Bowls. Listen, people don't win six Super Bowls. Quarter, really good quarterbacks, fortunate to win one. There are a mm-hmm. bunch of Hall of Fame quarterbacks with no Super Bowls. And if you get two, Oh my lord, you are in rare <laughs> air. Like like you are in rare company and if you get 3, there's only like 5 dudes. I mean, like it's the, the the list is so short. I mean, not like yeah. you can there, there there's Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, um, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. I don't even know who else is on the list. I like just just off the top of my my head, 3 quarter, 3 Super Bowl quarterback winning quarterbacks just don't roll off the tongue and but but people act like they do yeah they'll be like oh yeah oh my gosh i can't i can't believe he hasn't won so many so many times well duh well because nobody wins that many i also i also find it crazy that you're going to have a scenario where people will use that drew Brees was in his offense uh you know in a quarterback friendly offense against him because Really, what quarterback played in an offense that you know what what great what quarterback great played in an offense that severely hindered him for so long? Like it just does it it doesn't happen. Like the 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 systems that you're in, you know, Peyton Manning has his numbers. Tom Brady ended up having his, but I don't think that that should be used against him. By the way, Troy Aikman with three would be the only quarterback that you're uh, talking to in the in the hat trick club of just being on three. But that's it: Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, and, and Aikman. So I I just. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be – I don't think that a lot of people put Drew Brees in the top five quarterbacks of all time. I, I think that there's more of a debate, though, about uh, him being in the top ten, and I think that's what we're going to hear about when we look back on Drew Brees' career. That's that's why I think that his most lasting memory is is bringing that franchise back and bringing that city back from from everything that it experienced with Hurricane Katrina and 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 bringing that city back that's what's going to be his biggest legacy now that he's left football. Yeah, and that that big that huge win, like that Super Bowl win after mm-hmm. Katrina, that that's what I'm saying, he'll be remembered in the city and with the franchise differently than he will you know, in the pantheon of foot football, because I don't think he's going to truly get the respect that he deserves because he only has one one Super Bowl. But I think that with Saints fans, they're going to feel bad for him. They're going to thank him, but their appreciation is going to make them feel bad in that they're like, yo, I can't believe we only got this dude one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl. They tried like that, and and they no no I'm I'm saying that, yeah. that they're gonna feel bad because they're gonna because they're gonna feel like they got cheated out of an attempt at the Super Bowl well Super Bowl appearance when off that pi with Kamara against the Rams that didn't get called and then who uh, against Minnesota where they may have another offensive pa- where they have may have had an offensive pass interference that didn't get reviewed on Kyle Rudolph. Like so, it so it has to be frustrating sure. to be a Saints fan. Yeah, I think your point is well taken of just how difficult it is that, that uh, to to get to that to get to that game and then come out victorious. And yeah, there there, there shouldn't be any holding against uh, Drew Brees for just the one Super Bowl title. But I do agree that there's probably some remorse considering how some of those seasons ended. We are coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday in the Big Ten title game. If it ends, we should have selection Sunday, but Ohio State just turned the ball over. They're down 384 to 80 with just under 40 seconds to go in overtime. So Illinois has the lead. Illinois could be having their sights set on a top uh, number one seed. I think it could be high second overall if they pull out uh, a victory in this one. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Aaron Torres joins us next as we reveal the brackets in the 2021 NCAA tournament here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, Selection Sunday, how we have missed you. But they're going to make us wait just a little while longer, guys. Welcome in. It is Fox Sports Sunday, a special Selection Sunday edition. As we're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios, call 1-888-FARMERS-TO-SWITCH, and you could save an average of $470 on auto insurance. That's a lot of money for a quick phone call, don't you think? Average nationwide annual savings survey data July to December 2020. We are farmers. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. Find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres and we'll start with Aaron right here as as we kind of open this up this has got to be a great breather for CBS or maybe they just wish this game would get over with so they could get to the brackets but it's just very difficult for me to believe Aaron that a bracket is going to change by the outcome of this game that is yet to finish I think Illinois is in their spot Ohio State is in there so hey let's just get to the brackets that's what I say 
First of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, thank you for letting me uh, interrupt your show here. I was going to ask, I didn't know if you wanted me on or if you wanted to just break down Taysom Hill's contract and let me sit in the corner <laughs> until we get this bracket. You tell me what you guys want, uh, but it's fun. And I, to answer your question, Dan, I think you're right. Illinois is going to be a number one seed win or lose this game. The uh, the game is 14.2 seconds left, uh, 89 to 84. Illinois has the lead, so likely a stop by the Illini here and the Buckeyes will just let the let the clock run out but I think as we as we look at all of this uh, Gonzaga is going to be a number one seed I believe Illinois is going to be a number one seed I think Baylor will be a number one seed and I think then Michigan ends up getting the number one seed George do you have any problem with that for the number one seeds that we could be seeing unveiled here in a matter of minutes no, no, I don't have a problem with 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 any of those. I I just wonder if if like like how Michigan is going to be viewed because they were, you know, it seemed like that they were the clear favorite in the Big 10 and the best team through most of the year then Illinois came on. So I I I just wonder like how that's going to work, but the interesting thing is is that in previous years, your seeding mattered a lot based upon the, the region that you would play. And now your region matters not because you're everybody's in Indianapolis. So I think that that's going to be a huge change. Like there won't be that that same disappointment that other teams would would have faced because they're like oh we're not playing close to home now it's like everybody's playing in the same spot yeah and i I think that the 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 committee has let it be known we're gonna have more of a true s curve if you would call it this year where you are going to have uh maybe the top seeded team in the overall in the tournament maybe facing the eighth seeded overall seed the only issue that i see guys with this is how it's set up and it specifically relates to the big 10 conference and i put a tweet out earlier and this was when Illinois was up in this game. And again, I don't think that this outcome affects anything. But I think that when you look at the Big Ten potentially getting two number one seeds, they're also likely to get two number two seeds. And so what I don't think you'll see is those number two seeds be put in the same region as those number one seeds from the Big Ten, which then tells me that Ohio State here and Iowa, who I believe are likely going to be the two seeds, we'll find out in a little bit, likely will be put in brackets with Gonzaga or Baylor. Because you don't want to put them in the Illinois bracket. You don't want to put them in the Michigan bracket because they're conference foes. And that could be good news for an Alabama. It could be good news for an Oklahoma State. It could be good news for a Houston squad that's being at two. If you don't want to, you know, if you weren't going to go up against Gonzaga in those brackets, they may get a Michigan or Illinois if if the seeds were to hold. That's kind of how I see the the S curve playing out. Aaron, do you see anything yeah. different that, that we're missing here or that we're, we're not including? No, I think it, I think it, a couple great points. One, the thing from George that George just referenced a second ago is so important as we talk about geography and this and the value of being close to home. I've always been, uh, call me a traditionalist, Dan, I want the S-curve every year. I think it, you know we shouldn't be punishing teams or rewarding teams based on geography. But I think it's a great point by you, and I'll take it a step further. What's interesting is in the past, the NCAA has tried to uh, eliminate 
re you know kind of playing games that were played in the regular season now it's impossible to do that in many regards but you mentioned Iowa Iowa already played Gonzaga in a game that frankly was on CBS was a marquee game and it wasn't all that competitive so I don't want to give away all the bracket right now but now you're talking about maybe does that slot in Ohio State sure. officially as the two seed in the uh, Gonzaga region because I think it makes a lot of sense as you said to avoid those Big Ten on Big Ten matchups and uh, also on top of that also on top of that to uh, you know to have a situation where you don't have to see Iowa Gonzaga again in a game that was not necessarily all that competitive the first what was the Illinois favorite by six five and a half what was this six this week yeah, C.J. Walker just hit a three. Uh, it didn't matter for <laughs> Ohio State, but it probably mattered to a lot of people. Illinois, your Big Ten tournament champs, 91-88 over Ohio State. And uh, that's where it could have been ruined. So maybe C.J. Walker made those who like the Buckeyes with that number a little bit happier today. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, that's actually why I thought Aaron paused, because as soon as C.J. Walker made that, I'm like, wait a second, that could have maybe have been the number. I'm not saying you put anything on the game, but I'm saying that there could be other people that maybe uh, – uh, put the uh, put some put, put some cash on the Buckeyes. We'll we'll find out. the The brackets are uh, going to be released. We're going to just keep it here. We're going to be with you for the next two hours. We're going to react. Get Aaron Torres on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. One of the issues leading into this bracket that the selection committee had to determine that we found out were the teams that ended up having to withdraw from their conference tournaments. Duke, um, I don't think Duke gets in, but as we found out, Duke would be eligible to the NCAA, uh, for the NCAA tournament uh, if they are selected. The question is, is I don't think they get in, so then do you go play in the NIT if you're Duke? I don't think that that would happen, but Duke, despite pulling out of the ACC tournament, is available for the NCAA tournament, as is Virginia and as is Kansas. Do, do you think that those two schools, Virginia and Kansas, are going to be hurt at all? having to withdraw or, or what did their withdrawals mean for any other schools or is this just something the committee is just going to kind of put aside and say all right we we I'm not saying that we're going to we're going to rule against Kansas or Virginia here the point being is you know the Georgia Tech was able to make it to the title game because they didn't have to play a game is Georgia Tech going to be helped is Virginia going to be hurt do you guys see any fallout from those situations that we had in the tournaments this week well, for for me, I I, I think the, uh, another game that was shocking, another result was Oregon State winning the Pac-12 tournament. Always comes that, back to the Ducks. It always comes back to the Ducks. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. no, 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 no. I, actually, that actually has nothing to do with Oregon because Oregon's getting into the tournament. It has more to do with UCLA than it than it does Oregon State. I'm so I'm sorry. Then it then it does Oregon because UCLA is a team that could could be on the bubble. So with them winning, do you think UCLA gets in? And do you believe that Georgia Tech was a tournament team before they won the ACC championship? I would jump in really quick and just say uh, I do think that um, I do think Georgia Tech that was probably what officially punched their ticket. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think they were probably in before that, but if they were not, obviously that certainly, you know, helped their argument, even if they didn't have the automatic mm -hmm. bid. And then on top of that, I would also say UCLA, I do think is in, but obviously with Oregon State and uh, Georgetown both winning their games yesterday, 
I did think that hurt a couple teams, and we'll find out who here momentarily. Yeah, and, and, and to, to that point, it wasn't that Oregon State came from the Pac-12. It's just that Oregon State stole a bid, and UCLA yes. just happens to be one of those teams that are on the bubble. So the field of 68 – my goodness, I miss this. Like it is like we had, we've gotten an NBA finals, we've gotten a World Series. They were delayed, we've gotten all that, but we missed a selection Sunday and a selection show and it is back for the first time in 2 years and I cannot tell you guys how excited I am. I I am I am very curious. I know that the the names of Colorado State and Drake and St. Louis aren't what moves the needle when it comes to sports talk radio or when it comes to college basketball. But those are the schools that we're looking at. And I think one of the biggest the biggest dilemmas that we have as this bracket is about to release is do the haves or the have-nots get in when it comes to those final at-large bids? Are we going to get a mix? We're going to find out in just a moment. I can see Greg Gumbel. It's it's like I, I, I want to put words in his mouth, guys, as I'm sitting here watching the screen and I can see him say from our partners at, you know, whatever sponsor, uh, the number one overall seed in the tournament will be the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Absolutely no surprise. Uh, unbeaten season, <laughs> West Coast Conference champions. They got a little bit of a scare on Tuesday night from BYU in that title game. But uh, I think that helps Gonzaga as, as we find out that they are officially the first uh, seeded team in the tournament. I think that Gonzaga, as you look at them, I think Saturday or Tuesday's outcome against BYU ended up in a win, kept their perfect season alive, kept, you know, kept them focused. And I think that is a that is a good thing from Gonzaga. So they're going to be the first seed in the West region. They're going to face the winner of the Norfolk State at Norfolk State Appalachian State game, which is the first four game that will be played on Thursday. So this is going to be a Saturday game. So it's Gonzaga against the winner of the Norfolk. State Appalachian State game in the 116 matchup on Saturday in the West Region. So now the brackets are starting to be released. We are seeing this. Oklahoma ends up being an eight seed. So the Sooners from the Big 12 will be an eight seed with a record of 15 and 10. They will be playing, and I don't have the exact locations of these games. Usually they would say, we'd say, oh, it's in Boise or it's here or there. We don't have that. We have Oklahoma's opponent, a former Big 12 opponent, now in the SEC. Missouri is the nine seed. So you're going to get an old Big 8 matchup in an 8-9 matchup in the West on Saturday in the NCAA tournament. The fifth seed in the West is Creighton, who lost in the Big East title game to Georgetown yesterday. Blue Jays come in with a record of 20-8. and eight. The Creighton Blue Jays are the fifth seed in the West region. On Saturday, they will face the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara, winners of the Big West Conference, who uh, was able to get that victory last night over UC Irvine. So UCSB is your 12th seed at 20-4. The 4-13 matchup also to be played. Again, these games are Saturday games, Saturday, Monday. The fourth seed, Virginia Cavaliers. Had to withdraw from the ACC tournament, but as we just told you a moment ago, they have been cleared. They will play on Saturday as the four seed, a record of 18 and six for the defending national champions. It was two years ago, Virginia, now a four seed. They've got the Ohio Bobcats out of the Mac as a 13 seed. So Virginia against Ohio in the first round. So our first first nine teams are out. 
And now we go to the bottom half of the bracket to the West region. USC is in as a six seed. So USC will be playing on Saturday against the winner of Wichita State and Drake. So Wichita State is in. Drake is in. I think that is huge. We'll get your guys' response in just a little bit. But those two teams were squarely on the bubble. You saw some bracketology uh, brackets saying that Wichita State was in and Drake was out. Some had Drake in and Wichita State out. Both are in. The three seed in the West region, the Kansas Jayhawks, another team that had to withdraw from their conference tournament. Kansas is the three seed. They get Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington, winner of the Big Sky Conference, coming in at the, as a 14 seed. The seven seed, George Reister's Oregon Ducks, coming in at number seven. Again, in the West region, they'll be playing on Saturday. They go up against Virginia Commonwealth, VCU just lost the A-10 title game earlier today to St. Bonaventure. Oregon in the in uh, VCU. And the number two seed playing on Saturday is Iowa. This is this is how I thought it would play out, Aaron, to, to, to seeing how this was. I guess they weren't afraid of the rematch. Maybe they thought it was going to be further down the road. But Iowa gets the two seed, and they will face the 15th seed Grand Canyon Antelopes, led by Bryce Drew. Grand Canyon, winners of the WAC Conference, get the automatic bid. So there is your West region. Don't have the locations of these games, and times will come out later, guys. But there is your first region of the NCAA tournament. Aaron, first crack at this. As you look at this West region, what stands out to you the most? The first thing that stands out to me is I need to be removed from this show and fired because the two-seed Iowa, the three seed, Kansas, the four seed, Virginia, Gonzaga has already beaten this season. I don't want to. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. This feels an awful lot to me. Like CBS wants Gonzaga to make a sweet little run here, easily to the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, if not Final Four. George, you see this West Region. I know your Oregon Ducks are in it. Uh, I'm sure that stands out the most to you. But with these, this first bracket, what do you see? Well, first thing is is that well from a from an Oregon pers- perspective, I don't like the the Iowa matchup in the second round if they win because uh, I don't know who's gonna guard guard Garza. First thing, so that's but that's hopefully one of a Styles make make fights thing. But when it comes to what Aaron was saying about about a setup for Gonzaga. It's one it's one of those things to where it's like Gonzaga beat everybody. So it's like who who could you put in their bracket that they didn't all already beat? And it, and it's like should you penalize other teams with going up who have a stronger strength of record or what or whatever and not putting them in the same bracket as as sure. Gonzaga? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just just because they didn't get a chance to play Gonzaga, no. Sometimes you gotta you well, know have a second bite at the apple because you didn't put yourself in a better position. Sure. Maybe it may. We'll we'll dissect this whole West region and the other three regions that will be released. He's George Reister. He's Aaron Torres, and I'm Dan Byer. Our Fox Sports Radio Selection Show Special. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's M Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. That's right, the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com you will win one million dollars 
compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts and fellow listeners. The listener in first place, even without a perfect bracket, wins a $1,000 gift card. Second place gets $300, and third place takes home $200. You can pre-register right now and get official rules at FoxSportsRadio.com even before the brackets are released. Yes, it's the Fox Sports Radio M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Refund, refind your prime with M-Drive. Coming up next, we will release the rest of the bracket here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Selection Sunday. Keep it locked here. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. He's Aaron Torres. This is Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> 
It's our Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday special. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. That's Aaron Torres. Yeah, you got three of us today to tackle the brackets as they're being released. Here are the matchups in the South region as we're live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. The top seed in the South and getting the second overall seed in the tournament, the Baylor Bears. Baylor will end up facing Hartford in the game on Friday. So these are all Friday games in the South. The eight seed, North Carolina going up against Greg Gard and the Wisconsin Badgers. Badgers coming out of the Big Ten. They are the nine seed. The five seed in the South region, Villanova out of the Big East have been hampered. Uh, injuries late. Villanova's kind of fallen from one of the top 16 schools that you'd, you would thought would get a top four seed. They're a five seed. They've got Winthrop, who's at the 12 seed. Purdue and North Texas will play in the 4-13 matchup. In the 6-11 matchup in the South, Texas Tech goes up against Utah State. So Utah State is in. Arkansas gets the three seed against Colgate. Then it's Florida and Virginia Tech at 7-10 in that matchup in the South. And Ohio State is the two seed in the South. They will face Oral Roberts. Again, all those South region games taking place on Friday. Again, all of these games taking place in Indianapolis or surrounding areas. We now move to the Midwest region. Winners of the Big Ten in the third overall seed in the bracket, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Big Ten tournament, I should say, because there was a Michigan was the regular season or deemed the regular season crowd, but Illinois wins the Big Ten tournament. They are the number one seed in the Midwest. They will face Drexel in games that will take place on Friday. The 8-9 matchup in that Midwest region who will face the winner of the Illinois Drexel Dragon Showdown. The 8 seed, the Ramblers of Loyola of Chicago. Out of the Missouri Valley Conference, Loyola of Chicago, the 8 seed. They will end up facing as the 9 seed in that bracket. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, winners of the ACC, Georgia Tech gets a nine seed. You'd have to think yesterday's win against Florida State helped them. And while maybe Georgia Tech was safe, maybe that win yesterday didn't bump them up as much as they would have hoped. Five seed in the Midwest region, the Tennessee Volunteers. They will also be playing on Friday. All these games, by the way, on Friday, taking on the Pac-12 tournament champion, Oregon State Beavers. So Oregon State gets in as a 12 seed. The oh, automatic they bid. Getting in. <laughs> yeah, the automatic bid from that tournament. And the four seed in the Midwest region, Oklahoma State. They fell to Texas in the Big 12 title game. I thought Oklahoma State, maybe if they would have won yesterday against Texas, could have had a, had a chance at a two-seed. They end up being a four-seed. They have got Liberty, so Cade Cunningham and the Cowboys will take on the Liberty Flames in the 4-13 matchup in the Midwest region. Bottom half of the bracket, again, these games also on Friday. Just don't know the exact locations in the Indy area yet. San Diego State, out of the Mountain West Conference, they are a six-seed, the Aztecs back in, winners of of that conference on Friday. They will be taking on, we are about to find out, they're they're pausing for effect here. It won't be a (laughs) play-in game because all the play-in games of the first four are on Thursday. Syracuse, so it's San Diego State against Syracuse. Syracuse is in. If I'm UCLA right now, if I'm Colorado State, if I'm St. Louis, I am not happy. I'm nervous. Yeah, yep. super big time. So 6-11 in the Midwest region is San Diego State against Syracuse. The three seed in the Midwest region, again, playing on Friday. 
will be as we uh, I I should have had a drum roll here. That that's the that's the only thing that that I needed. The three seed in the Midwest region is. The West Virginia Mountaineers from the Big 12 Conference. So West Virginia gets a top seed. Interesting that they are the three seed, and Oklahoma State ends up being the four seed. Next up for West Virginia in their first tournament game, Moorhead State. So Moorhead State is in with a record of 23-7. and Moorhead State beating Belmont in their tournament championship game to get to the big dance. Seventh seed in the Midwest region, also playing on Friday, the Clemson Tigers from the ACC. So Clemson is a seven seed, and they will be facing Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights from the Big Ten get a 10 seed, so Rutgers is in. And right now, I, I, I'm guessing, I before the show, I thought that you could see this play out this way. Houston ends up getting the two seed in the Midwest region with Illinois. So the Houston Cougars who dashed the dreams of Cincinnati, who tried to steal a bid a little bit uh, earlier today, the next up for the Cougars and Calvin Sampson, Cleveland state, the Cleveland state Vikings get in as a 15 seed with the automatic bid. Uh, quick, quick, just, just thoughts on that. And I'll ask you, Aaron, were you surprised West Virginia got a higher seed than Oklahoma state did in this bracket? I mean, considering Oklahoma state beat them twice in the last week of the season. Yeah, I would say so. A lot of just surprising kind of bubble stuff, if you will, Dan, um, you know, you mentioned Drake a minute ago, uh, Utah state being in Syracuse being in. As you said, Dan, if I was a Louisville fan right now, if I was a St. Louis fan right now, if I was even a UCLA fan, as George referenced, to lead this hour, I'd be worried right now. Yeah, there's, there's, the, oh, yeah. Go ahead, George. Yeah, there's, there is with with Utah State, Syracuse. That that's about a you know, <laughs> that's about a as clear of an indication about what's going to happen with UCLA. I think a, as we could possibly see, but um, th- to uh, Aaron's point, or no, no, go on. No, I was, I was, I was just going to say, let, let's do this because we've got a little bit uh, a break in the action, if you will. Let's go to the news desk because it's a busy, busy day in the world of sports. We've got a bit of a breather. Three quarters of the bracket released. We're waiting for the final region. Let's go to David Gascon to give us what else is happening on this crazy day. What's going on, Dave? Hey, guys, outside of that, the tables are set, but just to kind of give you a recap on today's games. Illinois won the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. Uh, American Athletic Conference went to Houston. SCC is grabbed by Alabama. St. Bonaventure won the Athletic 10. And then the Patriot League was owned by Colgate today. So that's those automatic qualifiers that you guys were mentioning. Uh, on top of all of that, the NBA, OKC beat Memphis by 6, Golden State by 12 over Utah. That ballgame's gone final. Steph Curry had 32 points, 9 assists in the victory. Justin Thomas wins the Players' Championship. One stroke in front of Lee Westwood as he takes it. Meanwhile, what's going on in the National Football League. Drew Brees officially retires after 20 seasons, five in San Diego with the Bolts, and the final 15 in New Orleans. They also restructured Taysom Hill's contract. Four years, $140 million, and every year on that deal is voidable. Aaron Jones signs an extension with the Packers. Four years and $48 million. 13 of that is guaranteed. Bears have re-signed defensive end Mario Edwards. Dan, also some good news for you. Next Sunday, if you come in here and I see you, 
We're going to have lunch catered by Iowa Sam. Oh, really? This will be after Grand Canyon defeats Iowa on Saturday. <laughs> the wager has been set. It was Never set earlier to today. Oh, I love it. Never agreed so, to Dad, that. come on down. Never agreed to that. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I love it. If Grand Canyon beats Iowa, I yeah. will I will celebrate. I, I might buy lunch. Here, Dancing on the grave of Iowa Sam. Here's, here's why I think that, that Iowa Sam is so near and dear to us. We all knew that Iowa, Iowa was going to be in the tournament. We all, we all knew that. We, th- we, I think we all knew they were likely going to be a two seed. But he stood up and cheered in the other room when their name came on the board. Just like Are you a, serious? Just like a player would. Like it wasn't. <laughs> it's not like they were on the bubble and like they got in. Like he stood up and cheered and was. I assume he was singing the fight song. I I can't see through the glass or hear through the glass. But Dan, is that the equivalent of Notre Dame's fan base charging the field after beating Clemson <laughs> last season? No, no, come no. on. That's oh. not even My close, dude. That. that that would I be like it. Notre Dame fans charging the the field after oh. beating, uh, you know, Central Michigan. Oh, man. Man, that's so good. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS and you can save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. I'm Dan Beyer. That's George Reister. Aaron Torres is here as well, breaking down these brackets. And our final region about to be revealed in the East, the Michigan Wolverines get the number one overall seed. This is going to be a Saturday game, so Michigan likely or Michigan will play either Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern, as though to, those two 16 seeds will end up playing in one of the first four matchups coming up on Thursday. So you kind of knew that that was going to happen, that you were going to have a play in uh, the or the first four games in this bracket. You're also going to get it later on in the bracket, whether it be at a 12 seed or an 11 seed. That's where we are likely to find the other first four matchups. So Michigan, the number one seed in the East, they get the final number one. LSU, who just lost in the SEC championship game today to Alabama, gets an eight seed. So the LSU Tigers are in. Uh, next up for LSU in that matchup, or first up for LSU in that matchup. Again, these are games are going to be taking place on Saturday. LSU will end up playing the ninth seed as, again, they draw it out. So where's my drum roll? St. Bonaventure, don't even need the drum roll. Bonnies are in. They are uh, conference tournament champions in the Atlantic 10, beating VCU earlier today. So St. Bonnies gets in. This is a big reveal right here because this is where you could see uh, a first four matchup being revealed. The fifth seed, Colorado, runners up in the Pac-12 tournament, uh, losing last night to Oregon State. They are the five seed in the East region playing on Saturday against the Georgetown Hoyas. So Georgetown gets a 12 seed. So Georgetown is in the bracket after winning the Big East tournament. So Colorado takes on Patrick Ewing and the Hoyas. The four seed in the East region in the 4-13 matchup will end up being, as now we need the drum roll, Florida State. There it is. Florida State is the four seed. They fell in the ACC title game last night to Georgia Tech. So Florida State gets the four seed. And they will face the 13 seed. Drum roll, please. It's a great time filler. UNC Greensboro. UNC Greensboro Spartans. 
The uh, alma mater of one Brian Fenley here at Fox Sports Radio. UNC Greensboro gets in. Hey. All right. This is it. BYU gets the sixth seed. This is likely where we're going to find who's bubble burst or not. BYU the sixth seed. It's going to be in this 11 matchup. This will be a first four matchup. So what two teams got in that will be playing as the 11th seed? It will be... Michigan State and UCLA. What a oh, first they four got in. showdown. Michigan State and UCLA will be playing on Thursday. The winner will get BYU on Saturday. The three seed in the East region will end up being... There, there's the, the Michigan State UCLA game is is awful news for the likes of Colorado State, St. Louis, uh, Ole Miss, yeah, Louisville, Boise State. There could be a seven ten matchup, but yeah, with those schools right now, Michigan State and UCLA getting in. Texas is the three seed in the East. Longhorns, winners of the Big Twelve tournament. Of course, they didn't have to play a semifinal game against Kansas, but hey, I'm not going to hold it against them. Abilene Christian is the fourteen seed. And the final four slots in the NCAA tournament. Listen, Alabama's going to be the two seed, so there's going to be no drama there. But Texas will face Abilene Christian on Saturday. Aaron Torres' UConn Huskies are the seven seed. Now, could you see, you know, I think it's going to be, it's the Maryland Terrapins. And we haven't seen Rick Pitino's Iona Gales in yet, so I think we're going to get Alabama and Iona in this 215 game. Alabama is the 215, is the two seed in the East region, and the 15 seed, the final team, not placed in the bracket, but the final revealed team in the 68 field, 68 team field, will be the Iona Gales. Alabama will take on Iona in the 215 matchup. Your field of 68 is set. There they are, guys. Aaron, I'll start with you. Just a quick thought on on now that these brackets are out. We find out Michigan State and UCLA will be playing in a first four game. Wichita State plays in a first four game. Now that it's here, what are your thoughts on what was revealed? First of all, just great to have uh, just great to have an actual bracket. Dan, I don't know if you want an update on this, but there are four teams that are will essentially be on standby that were just announced due to a co- if, for a potential COVID pause. It looks like Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. So I don't mean to steal your thunder here. No, You're my that's point fine because that's that, that's going to be that's it's going to be a topic of conversation because this also tells us that Louisville was the first team out of the NCAA tournament. They were the they were the 69th team. Like when you try to break down, so now you'll be able to take Louisville's resume and compare it to Michigan State and UCLA and why Louisville is on the outside looking in. But to your point, if a team has to withdraw and they will have until Tuesday to do so, that's the order. Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, no, that, that's really what frankly stands out to me. And, you know, sometimes, Dan, we over kind of sell the, the concept of a quote-unquote bid stealer, which is a team in a power conference that would have gotten in if they hadn't won their conference tournament. But we saw two yesterday on, F- on Fox, excuse me, Georgetown. They would not have been in. Obviously, Oregon State would not have been in. And so now we see the real-world ramifications of that with Louisville and Colorado State both on the outside looking in, and I hate to kind of put it so crassly, but essentially hoping somebody comes down with COVID, unfortunately, but that's the reality of the situation. But, you know, we we talk about bid stealers. Sometimes it's oversold, but in this case, that's exactly what happened. That's why those two teams are out. How shocked you were you, George, that UCLA got in? Uh, About a – I I thought they had a 50-50 shot. 
I, I do like the fact that they ended up in the play in game though. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. it like I I think that that's where that you felt like that they were good enough to be in in the tournament, but they went out in the conference tournament a little bit too early. So throwing them in the playoff game in the play in game was you know I, I thought a reasonable move. It's it, it, there's going to be a lot to dissect. It is Fox Sports Radio. It is our Selection Sunday special. He's George Reister. That's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. You can get all of us on social media. Your snubs, who you love, who you hate in this tournament. Find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can find George on Twitter at George Reister. And you can find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Guys, I don't want to toot my own horn. But I'm going to toot my own horn. I got the top eight seeds. I thought it was going to be Michigan in the same region as Alabama, Illinois in the same region as Houston, uh, Gonzaga and Iowa is the one-two, Baylor and Ohio State. And I do have a receipt. I have a tweet from like two hours ago, which and, and I think I actually even got the regions right, which I don't think was too was was that difficult considering they're all going to be playing in Indianapolis anyway. But. Don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, hey, how about a round of applause for me? Let's. I'm just. I'll, I'm Barry Horowitz in myself and patting myself on the back. I will say this, Stan. The fact that off the top of your head, you knew that Iona was the only team that had not been announced. Now, I know <laughs> yeah, they that was whole, that was pretty clutch. That was yeah, that was some uh, next level stuff there. I mean, I know they got a Hall of Fame coach, but man, like I, you know, I'm just sitting here like, oh, I guess UCLA's in. Who does out? What does that mean? And you're just like, yeah, hey, where's Iona? Well, we we got all 67. Go ahead. <laughs> there's a, there's a secret to all this, and I think that when you watch enough selection shows. You know where you know where really the nitty gritty is, and it's usually five twelve, six eleven. Those are where the real answers are revealed. Most of the other times, they're automatic qualifiers or teams that we knew were going to get an at large bid because they're one of the top, you know, five ten teams in the country. But when you get to six and seven, you kind of find out the nitty gritty. The other thing about it, when you're talking about a tournament with no Kentucky, with no Duke in it. You got to think of storylines, and Rick Pitino sure. is a storyline. So, so I was just lucky that Rick Pitino happened to be the the head coach at Iona, and was like, "Wait a second, we hadn't heard about the Gales yet and where they are." So, so that that helped me out immensely as uh, Team sixty seven and sixty eight were revealed. Coming up next on our Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday special, did the little guy get left out again? We'll talk about it next year on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. 
this is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> It is Selection Sunday. We've got you covered here on Fox Sports Radio. The Field of 68 has been released. Welcome to our Selection Sunday special. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Aaron Torres with us as well. We're with you for the next hour plus here on Fox. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Get George at George Reister. Get Aaron at Aaron underscore Torres. Uh, Guys and Aaron, I'll I'll start with you. In looking at who was on the outside uh, looking in, as, as it was mentioned, the NCAA Tournament uh, Selection Committee does have a, a waiting list, if you will. They have alternates, team that teams that could slide into a spot if a squad has to withdraw because of a COVID situation. Louisville is on the outside looking in. They would get the first alternate spot, if you will. Then it's Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. But of that group, two of the four are from Power 5 conferences. We saw Wichita State and Drake get in. Not that the American Conference is is a is a mid-major by any means, but Missouri Valley Conference is considered a mid-major. You've got those two schools playing. Were you surprised at all that we had a mix um, as opposed to maybe heavy on Power 5 schools getting the last bids or vice versa? How do you view how that played out? So I will admit I am surprised. Um, You know, in this year, I think it would have been easy. There was no real out-of-conference for many of these teams to speak of, and it was hard for the small schools to get games against a lot of these real teams, against these big-name, big-brand opponents. So to get Wichita State, to get Drake in that that last four in, I thought was really cool. I will also say this, Dan. We all work in the media. Some stuff is driven by ratings and all that kind of stuff. UCLA, Michigan State as a play-in game, that does not feel coincidental. <laughs> it, it could have been Michigan State, Wichita State, could have been UCLA, Drake, but they went UCLA, Michigan State. I don't think that's coincidental, but even to just see those two names, those two brands on the first four, the last four in, excuse me, I think speaks to how weird this year was. Yeah, and but I liked it though. I liked that they didn't put Michigan State versus Wichita State or UCLA versus Drake. I think that that 
says that we're we're not just trying to get the big names and the power fives in. I think that they're saying no, we're we're trying to divvy it up equally and have the most deserving, like like the two, like the two kind of bubbleish mm-hmm. uh, group of five teams or mid mid majors versus the two bubbleish power five teams. So so I I thought it was right. Yeah, and in their defense too, as 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 we mentioned with Wichita State. I think they're enough of a name now. Not that you're going to cancel plans to watch Wichita State and Drake, but at least it's it's a name of somewhat you know recognizable proportions. Not saying that that they got in. I just I didn't want to make it sound like I was sliding Wichita State and being one of those schools because they've accomplished a lot over the last uh, decade or so, and you know th- their situation and making it through the season like they did with Greg Marshall now gone, really quite a run. But yeah, to the point when you have Michigan State and UCLA there. Uh, that that's what's going to draw you in and and that's where like you know Duke for example was a thought to be a possibility when they were on the bubble and obviously they did not end up making the field of 68 but there was a lot of talk of just putting Duke in to get some eyeballs on that first four on that Thursday it's going to end up being a a whole day event where you have those you know games played in and I have no problem with that I, I I like I actually think like I don't think I don't feel sorry that's the that's the right phrase guys I don't feel sorry for those power five schools put in those spots having to play in those games I've never liked the 16 seed play-ins because I I, I I just I, I I don't think that that's right if you had if you had four you know, twelve seed matchups to figure out or a way to play in. I'd be much more for that than to have two matchups between two sixteen seeds. So, so yeah, I'm all I, I, I'm I'm with you guys on that, and I'm with you guys with Michigan State and UCLA. It is a made for TV event, and there was no coincidence there. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead, Go ahead, no, I was, I was going to say I, I would agree with you, Dan. I don't like the sixteen seed uh, either because it's like, dude, if you get an automatic berth. That's an automatic birth. Like, don't don't then try to water it down. I, I, I don't like that. Like, I think that if if you're going to have an automatic bid, then let it be an yeah. automatic bid because a because a play in game is not really in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, you're kind in the tournament, but you're not really. <laughs> yeah. In the tournament. yeah, I think. And, and, and Aaron, just quickly, I'll let you wrap it up. But there's some badge of honor to getting maybe boat raced by forty. You know, like like yeah. like there is, you know, to, or to well, be on the same court as a, as a as a power. I love the committee that makes the argument. Well, you know, you get your own standalone game, and you you can say you won an NCAA tournament game. It's like nobody remembers who won that 16 seed. I'm with you. If you win your conference, I think you should automatically be into that field of 64. Let all those bubble teams play to get in as a, as a, what do you call it? The the outside teams trying to get in. The bracket has been released. All 68 teams placed. We've got the match. Matchups. We've got the controversy as well. He's Aaron Torres. Find him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. That's George Reister. Find him on Twitter at George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. You can find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. What was the biggest mistake that the selection committee made and who's going to end up cutting down the nets? We'll tell you next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ah, yes. Selection Sunday is here. And oh, it felt so, so good. The field of 68 has been released. May not feel good for the likes of Louisville and Colorado State fans and St. Louis fans and fans of Ole Miss. 
there on the outside looking in, but we focus on the field of 68. Welcome in. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. When you switch to Farmers Insurance, you could save a bundle. All you have to do is call 1-888-FARMERS. Get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. All right. I want to start at the top of the bracket, guys, and, and, and that's with the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and, and not necessarily on on is, is did Gonzaga deserve a number one overall seed. We all know they did there was the one the one given that we knew was going to happen in this tournament but now they're in a region a west region is the top seed the two seed in that region is iowa you've got an unbeaten gonzaga team where we have known that the trials and tribulations of of entering a tournament unbeaten and finishing it unbeaten are really have only been accomplished by the indiana hoosiers in 1976 it's the last time that a team entered the tournament unbeaten and uh, ended up leaving the tournament as national champions how much pressure and we'll start with aaron that you do you think that gonzaga is under by being perfect heading into this bracket. I think it's a ton because the thing with Gonzaga, and I don't think it's fair, as I just referenced in the last hour, look, they've beaten Kansas, West Virginia, Virginia, Iowa all this season. But there is still, as dumb as it sounds, a segment of the population that believes that they're overrated and that they only get the the seeding that they do because they play in a terrible conference. And if they played in the SEC or the – you know, they're an incredible program. But the fact that they are still trying to knock down that door, win Mark Few a national championship – all doing it while they're undefeated, it's a lot of pressure on them. I, I know we talked about it a little bit last hour. I don't think it would have been the worst thing for them to have lost that game to BYU the other day. I know that certainly getting tested was a good thing for them, but I'm telling you, they, they have a lot of weight on their shoulders right now. Yeah, they, they, they do. And I think that it's funny that people consistent. Oh, if they had to play in a big conference, if they had to play in a big conference, they would probably win that big conference, too, because you see what happened, especially this year when they played anybody else who's supposed to be really good. They stomped them in the mud. Uh, so and that's what good teams do so it's and it'd be different if they were playing close games in conference no they are molly whopping everybody it in conference out of conference anybody except for BYU in the in the semifinals and and that was just an aberration and they still won the game so I I think it's hard to knock them because they're not your typical mid mid major but I mean like this isn't Cincinnati in the American where they still play some close games in there even though they're a really good good team it would be like Cincinnati winning every game in the American by like thirty points <laughs> sure and and I think that there's a big difference from being a mid major program or being a big time program playing in a mid major conference, and I think that's yeah. where Gonzaga is. Like they they play in a mid major program. They put out draft picks every year. Like they're putting out lottery. Yeah, picks. yeah. Like like there is there is nothing mid major about them. I'll give you guys a stat that I don't. You guys might know because we all work in sports. There was obviously no NCAA tournament last year, but of the last five NCAA tournaments that have been played. There is only one program that has made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament in each of the last five NCAA tournaments. It ain't Duke. It ain't Kentucky. It ain't Kansas. It's Gonzaga. Five Sweet 16s, three Elite Eights, a Final Four, and a National Championship game appearance in the last five NCAA tournaments that were played. 
I also, Aaron, Aaron, the only reason why that happened, though, is because they play in the West Coast Conference. <laughs> that That's the only anybody. reason. They, they, they have consistently – look, look, they're giving them the easiest path th- this year, even though it runs through every big-name program that you want to see. I, I think that we sometimes fall back – because I do think that there is a difference in football. I do think that there's a difference of running through the SEC, running through the Big Ten or the Pac-12, as opposed to maybe the American Athletic Conference or um, you know Conference USA. If so, like I, I do think that there's there is a difference of week in and week out of going through those programs. I don't think that's the case in college basketball. Like at, at, at least as much where. You would you look at a schedule, and I'm just you know, I was going to use the Big Ten as an example of this team goes here. I'll use the Big Twelve. Usually, a top five team goes to Kansas. Usually loses, right? I mean, I mean, most of the time. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, who goes to Allen Fieldhouse and beats the Jayhawks? Like very few teams. Like stuff like that is accepted. So if you were to say, "All right, Gonzaga, go play in the Big 12, Yeah, you may not win it at Allen Fieldhouse, but nobody else does anyway. But you're also going to end up winning all those other games. I think it's completely different. I think sometimes we connect college football and college basketball, and I think that they're just, I, I they're apples and oranges to me when you're when you're trying to compare how well a team would fare in a season and and plus there's more games in college basketball as well there's so much riding on the line in college football that can cost you with a loss where a loss of Gonzaga played in the Big 12 or Big 10 wouldn't wouldn't hurt them as we've seen other schools you know be dealt losses of that same ilk well and that's what I would say is yes it goes without saying if Gonzaga was in the Big 12 they would not be entering this tournament undefeated or almost certainly not um, but that doesn't mean that to get to this point, 27-0 and with the wins that they have doesn't also make them a great team. And, and by the way, previous years, uh, the year that Zion Williamson was at Duke, they only lost one regular season game with Zion, I believe two, I think maybe two total. And one of them was against Gonzaga. Uh, Kansas, West Virginia, uh, all uh, both teams that are really good, that are top what? Top three seeds in this tournament, top four seeds, whatever it is. Um, uh, Gonzaga beat them both on a neutral court. So two things can be true. Yes, they would not be undefeated, but it doesn't mean that they're not awesome and absolutely, of course, capable of winning this national championship. Yeah, but would they be undefeated? I mean, it is entirely, it's unlikely. I like, like, I believe that it's unlikely that they would be undefeated, but I don't think it's impossible because we, we have seen teams on rare occasions enter the uh, season, either into the tournament, either undefeated or with one loss. So it's not like like it hasn't happened. It's just very, you know, it's it's rare. With Gonzaga being the the known portion of it, I, I I can I can push them aside and get to a bit of the unknowns with the top seeds. I was a bit surprised that Baylor got the second overall seed. I understand the arguments for it, but I would also make an argument. And and this goes against my 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 thought process, guys, because I did like that the tournament selection committee did away with the last ten games. They they moved away from that and really took your your whole field of work. But Baylor doesn't seem to be the same Baylor team after that COVID uh, stop. 
And Illinois has just been on a different level. And I know they got pushed to overtime today, but they got pushed to overtime by a team that is also a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. I was a bit surprised that Baylor got the second overall seed. It doesn't, doesn't matter when it comes down to it. I did think that maybe Illinois would get that number two seed uh, with Baylor at the number three seed. But were you guys surprised that Baylor got number two at all as the overall seed in the bracket? I, I, you know, it's so interesting and it's funny because this is what we led our number two with was, is anything going to change whether Illinois or Ohio State wins this game? And I I think that probably played into it. I think there's no doubt to your point, Dan, that one, Baylor isn't isn't the same team since they came out of that COVID pause. And two, that Illinois might be the hottest team, especially relative to the competition that they've had to face going into this tournament. But I do still think if you look at the totality of Baylor's uh, body of work, they do have a head-to-head win over Illinois from back in December. That's a completely different deal. We get that. Uh, But I do think when you talk about a team playing in the Big 12 as good as they were to get through with one regular season loss and obviously a loss in the conference tournament, I don't know that I'm totally surprised that they're the number two seed overall. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised either. I mean, because some of the other teams had had flaws, and when you do consider the last 10, 10 games, right? I'm sorry if if you're not going to just consider the last ten games, Michigan didn't even make their conference tournament. Like, like, like I think that final, that, that, yeah, title yeah, game, yeah, yeah, that 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 matters. And and Illinois, they're not unblemished on the the uh, season either. So while they've been playing, they finished the season hot. Like Baylor had the best overall body of work. Like, and if we're looking at it, kind of similar to a college football thing, right? Where you've had times where you've you've had teams come on come on at the end of the season that may have dropped a game or two early and you're sitting there like this is clearly at this point one of the mm-hmm. best four teams in all of college football but then you're like well should they be in because they're one of the best right now or a team that has just gotten it done all season like that's the kind of been the way Notre yeah. Dame has gotten in and other teams have gotten out at times yeah and, and and the out is the best word because the format of the NCAA tournament does give the committee an out and I'm not saying that they use the out I actually I agree with it I it, in 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 seeing in seeing how it played out, and to Aaron's point, Baylor beat Illinois earlier this year. And if you're not going to take that result into account on how you're seeding, then there's no point in even playing the games. Because then all that matters is maybe how you're playing in the stretch run heading into the tournament. I thought maybe just because of what happened to Baylor with the, the just how they were playing and the COVID stop and how good Illinois, I was curious to see if it would, if it would sway the committee, but I commit, uh, commend the committee for recognizing, all right, if we are going to separate, how are these teams going to be separated when they're so close and head to head's the best way to do it because that, that gives you the answer. And sometimes with some of these, these matchups, you know, Michigan is, is, is a unique case because Michigan lost to Ohio state, as George said yesterday in the semifinal. So maybe if the Buckeyes win today, maybe they have a case to it, but not too long ago, Michigan ended up going to Columbus and ended up beating up and beating Ohio state in a, in a great college basketball game. We saw about two or three weeks ago. Question now with Illinois is what do you do without 
Isaiah Livers. So there's there's a lot of stuff that you could move around, but I actually do commend when it goes back to the Baylor-Illinois situation of, hey, if there is a tiebreaker or if it's close, maybe just look at what they did head-to-head, and that gives oh, you your answer. Yeah, and th- that goes back to where th- this happens in football, I think more than in basketball, where you have – People, pe- people say, well, 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 I believe that if they played again or if they played 10 times, who would win? It doesn't matter who would win 10 times. Like as long as it wasn't some like officiating, like clear officiating mishap or some or a player was out in the game, you know, like one of one of their main players or something dramatic that clearly impacted the the, the uh, game where it was like, oh, it, it, it was played underwater in dim light. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like and the coach was suspended and, you know, and the, and they and they left their somebody stole their jerseys and they had to wear brand new shoes like something extenuating and you're like oh, okay well that makes sense but if if everything is equal and fair you do have to take the re- results and stop playing this oh well if they played 10 times it doesn't matter they only get to play once and the better team won that day He's George Reister. That's Aaron Torres there. You're hearing Aaron on a special Sunday edition of Fox Sports Sunday as he joins us as the Field of 68 was revealed. If you want to hear Aaron at other times at Fox Sports Radio, you can always check him out. He and Arnie Spanier every Saturday night, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Pacific, right here on the network. I'm Dan Bayer. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres and find George on Twitter at George Reister. It is Fox Sports Sunday. And coming up next is the wacky year of college basketball likely to lend more upsets into the NCAA tournament this time around. We'll talk about that topic next year on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. But the six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Fox Sports Sunday, our Selection Sunday special rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Aaron Torres joining us today as we have got you covered live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. The last schools in to the big dance with the at-large bids. Wichita State and Drake will play in one of the first four games on Thursday. The other matchup has Michigan State and UCLA when it comes to at-large bids having to play in the first four. That means schools like Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss are on the outside looking in. Also, Duke is on the outside looking in. Uh, George, I ask you this. Will you miss Duke not being in the NCAA tournament? Yes, and I think a lot of people will as well. Well, actually, not, not this year, because Duke being in the tournament for most people means, aside from Duke fans, means that they get a chance to root against a team, right? And and they get a team to uh, hate. Oh, man, I hope Duke gets knocked off. And people bring their A game against them. But this year with the inconsistencies that Duke showed, I think that it put them in a situation to where like if they had been in the tournament, like eh, it's like, oh, oh, you you beat Duke, but they they were bad this year. Like it, it doesn't give fans that same, you know, energy, all the ones who hate Duke. Cause you either love Duke or you hate Duke. Like there's no way, there's no middle ground. So I I think it for the people who hate Duke, it would have taken away some of the energy because they were bad this year. 
I just think that it, it's going to feel weird because I know the, the tournament usually starts on Thursday, Friday, but Friday, Saturday, whatever. I mean, it's pretty set in stone. That primetime 7 p.m. Eastern yep. tip-off, it's going to be due. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's going to be, I think, to me, the first time that – because, you know, you see a bracket and we're so caught up in what does this mean for Gonzaga and Illinois and this bubble team is out and this bubble team is in um, that I, I don't think it's going to be till this tournament actually starts and – Coach K is going to be on the side of a milk box, you know. What I mean, he's going to be nowhere to be found, and so well, I go ahead, George, because that's no. what that's what I just think is that I, I don't think I'm going to realize it until we actually have this tournament and Coach K is nowhere to be found. See, I I think it's bigger than just Duke being out. I think it's the combination of Duke and Kentucky being being out. You know what I mean? Like that Duke Kentucky are out. Like that these are two of the four blue blood. Uh, teams, you, you got North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, and, and and Kentucky. Like two of those being out of the tournament, like that just doesn't happen con- on a regular basis at all. And then, and then if you if you had had a third one of them, one of them out, like that would have been crazy. And then you add in UCLA, who used to be like, I mean, they are a blue blood sort of, but not in the last, not since '95 they haven't won. So so they've lost a little bit of the of the luster. So imagine if. Uh, if Duke, North Carolina, no, no, I'm sorry. If Duke and K- Kentucky were out, and then you had had like UCLA and Michigan be, um, and Michigan State be be out too, who are kind of in that second tier of blue bloodish kind kind of schools because they were on the verge too. That would have made it really weird. The, this this is how how I I view it because we've actually seen a Kentucky team be an eight seed before. Granted, they went on an amazing run, but they were an eight seed. We've seen them playing a four-five matchup before, and to me, that didn't draw me in. It was, it was, or saying like, "Oh, thank goodness, Kentucky's in, so I can root against them." It's like, "Oh, they're a four-five seed, or they're an eight seed," and then when they keep on winning, maybe I'm going to root against them. And I think it's the same thing with Duke. To the point that George that you started with, when Duke's a one or a two seed, they are absolutely public enemy number one when it comes to everybody else. But if they would have came in this tournament as an 11 seed or a 12 seed, I just don't think it has the same cachet as them being. And, and honestly, I think most people only care about their brackets than than, than Duke being in or not. I, and, and that's truly of just of how it is. So I don't think I don't think Duke's going to be missed. I don't think Kentucky's going to be missed. I just think that people like us are glad that there's a tournament, and people who fill out the brackets are just going to be rooting from their bracket for their brackets. And so, if they don't pick this Duke this year because they're not in it, maybe they hitch their wagon to another blue blood like Kansas and say that Kansas is my school, or maybe Kansas is the school they root against. Who, who knows? But I just I don't think in the grand scheme of things, Duke is such a huge brand. It's the biggest brand in college basketball. Duke and Kentucky are. But when you when you get down to it, and when it gets down to this tournament, I just don't think they're going to be missed. I I, I really just. Considering we didn't even have a tournament last year, now that we actually have one, I'm more excited about that than being worried about Duke and Kentucky not being in. I'll tell you this. is First of all, I, I think you're right, Dan, because it is interesting even seeing the reaction from you know people in the media that I know that cover Kentucky or, or Duke or whatever. Uh, one, it seems like they're just as engaged as ever, which I think, uh, one, just speaks to exactly what you just said, is that we're just happy to have a bracket. We're just happy to fill stuff out, uh, and we're happy to, 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 to pick teams and root for them. 
Uh, I think it does help, by the way, that with Kentucky that Louisville was the first team out of the NCAA tournament. So that maybe gave them a little extra juice there uh, as they get set to fill out their brackets. But the more I think about it, the more I do think you're right. I, I think it's going to feel weird, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, yes, you have your school, the school you went to, the school you grew up rooting for that you'll always pull for. But after that, it's all about the bracket. And so if, if, you ha- if Duke has Zion, you're picking Duke to go to the national championship and you're rooting for Duke. And if, if you don't think they're good, then you're rooting against them. So I see the point you're trying to make. Can can I can I bring up a point? A, a, am I the only one that this happens to where I will make my bracket, right? And because of some either human interest piece or, you know, like liking the way that it that a, that a team plays, I I inevitably end up like while I'm watching games rooting against my bracket. Like <laughs> See, I, like I, like I, I like yeah. I'll, I'll have Loyola Chicago and I like the whole story. Then I'm like, I'm rooting for them to beat the team that I have winning the championship. See, I thought what you were going to say was when you pick against teams in your bracket just because you don't want to watch them. And uh, I bring it up because when I was on with Dan and Jonas the other day, we were talking about Syracuse and Jonas asked me about Syracuse. I said, I hope they don't make it just because I don't want to watch them. And uh, I'm looking at their draw right now, and I actually don't think San Diego State is the worst matchup for them. And I could just see the scenario where they go back to the Sweet 16 and Bayheim's doing you know weird stuff on the sidelines, and i got to watch them for three games longer than I thought. So that's where I thought you were going, George, is to well, pick against teams that, that you just don't want to watch. I'll, I'll give you a, a perfect example that is, I think, a little different than what we normally get. Into George's points of, yeah, because maybe a story is so good, a Loyola making a run, you're willing to cheer against your bracket I just remember in in one of the great games of, of recent memory and Virginia had a bunch of them in their tournament title run in 2019 but you go back to that game against Purdue in the regional final and yep. I'm a big I'm a big 10 guy and so even growing up you know Gene Cady getting to a final four in Purdue and 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 listen Tony Bennett grew up you know about an hour away from from my hometown the Bennett family in the state of Wisconsin is such a huge family such a popular family for for what they've done throughout so many years but in watching that game I had Virginia in my bracket, and I find myself wanting Carson Edwards to hit these threes because I just think of the forty years, you know, that Purdue fans have had to deal with it, and then their heartbreak comes out. I was just even watching an ACC special they did on Virginia, and I'm like, man, Purdue was so close. Completely understand, but not even with a not even with a Cinderella. I just got wrapped up in for for a school of just making it to the Final Four, which is so important to Purdue. Which, by the way, I think Purdue's going to get there in the next five years. I'll just put that right now. At some point, I. I, I think they'll get to a final four but to, to be so close like they did against virginia yeah i i rooted against my bracket absolutely uh, we're live for the farmers insurance fox sports radio studios call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance he's aaron torres he's george reister we're all hanging out on this fox sports radio selection sunday special we'll dive more into the bracket and yeah we'll tell you if those upsets are set to happen but first we're going to go to the news desk david gascon gives us the latest of what's happening on this crazy march 14th what's going on dave hey guys drew Brees says goodbye to everybody 20 seasons in the nfl 15 in new orleans with a super bowl title he is a she retiring over 80,000 yards passing and 571 touchdowns through the air. Taysom Hill also on the backside of that restructuring his contract. Four-year deal that he's worked out worth $140 million. Every year is voidable on that agreement. 
Aaron Jones has signed an agreement with the Green Bay Packers. His extension, four years, $48 million, 13 guaranteed. Dolphins have made a trade. They've acquired Bernardrick McKinney from the Houston Texans in exchange for Shaq Lawson. Bears have re-upped on Mario Edwards, their defensive end, for three years and $11.5 million. Meanwhile, you're looking at the NBA today. Orlando leads, or excuse me, Miami leads at Orlando 22-12. to 76ers 56-48 over San Antonio. Danny Green's got 13 points early on. Steph Curry with 32 for Golden State. Got them to a 131-119 victory over the Utah Jazz. Players' championship won today by Justin Thomas. He beat Lee Westwood by one stroke. Guys, back to you. Thanks, Dave. It is the Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday special. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Aaron Torres with us as well as we're live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. It's been a crazy year in college basketball. It's a crazy week in college basketball. Duke drops out of the ACC tournament. Virginia has to drop out. Kansas ends up dropping out. Just an just absolute crazy year as, it, as we know that it has been. I have a feeling, guys, this is just my, my gut sense, I don't think we're going to see as crazy of an NCAA tournament as uh, we are maybe accustomed to. I, I, I for some reason, I, I, I could be wrong. I could be misjudging this. I could be looking at it from a different angle. But I just think that even with the limited sample size, I don't know about a lot of the unknown teams that we've got. So those Cinderellas in the 12, 13, and 14 seeds, I'm not too sure about them. And honestly, I don't think the committee knows. I don't know if the committee really fully grasps how good of a team is at at a 12 seed or a 15 seed, but maybe they have a better idea of who the better teams are. It's one of the reasons why I'm not too sure that we're going to be getting uh, as many upsets as we're accustomed to because I think with the limited sample size and the limited ability to play non-conference games, we really didn't really get a good opportunity to find out about these smaller schools that are in the dance, and I think that they know more about the bigger schools, and I think that could lend for a, a more chalk bracket. Do you think there's any validity to that argument, Aaron? I. I do think those top teams are just significantly better than everybody else. Uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, uh, Michigan, Ohio. I I think that that those top probably two seed lines, I'd include Houston in that, are good. I do think when you get to those four, five lines, I don't even know if they're, they're major upsets, but look, Virginia has been flawed. I know they won the ACC regular season title, but one, we got to figure out who they're even going to have eligible to play in this tournament because of the COVID stuff. But they ha- they weren't playing great basketball before they got to Greensboro for the ACC tournament. Villanova, we know, is banged up. Creighton has been up and down all year as a five seed. Texas is a three seed, wins the Big 12 tournament, but was really the second half of the year not playing great. Tennessee, another team as a five seed so I I think if you're looking for those historic upsets that we will remember forever the two seeds losing to a 15 I mean a a re kind of do-over of the Virginia UMBC deal I don't think that's happening this year but I do think those four five seed lines by by nature are always going to have flawed teams but I do think a lot of those teams are extra flawed this year yeah see Dan you were doing such a great job. <laughs> no. You were doing such a great job. Like you like you nailed the Iona last team in. Like you were on fire today. I mean, well, this this probably has been one of your best days of of twenty twenty one. Until now, right? That's yeah. 
Yes. And I do believe that we will have significantly more right. upsets based. Uh, and I'm well, basing it on. Well, the here, fact, do, no, do me on. a favor. Hold on a second. OK, because I don't want you to give any upsets away. We're going to do that at the at the uh, in about 10 minutes or so. From- and joining us right now, his team is a two seed in the NCAA tournament representing the West region. He's the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Fran McCaffrey joins us on our Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday special. Hey, coach, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? Doing great, guys. All right, so you're a two seed. You've got Grand Canyon, the 15 seed. Was the two seed in the Gonzaga region? Is there is there any? What were your initial thoughts? I should say in being placed in the same region where a top seed is the undefeated team and the lone undefeated team in this country. Any issues with you being placed in the bracket with Gonzaga as the number one seed? No, I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I pay zero attention to seeding. I just want our team to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. I think we spent too much time debating what is really an irrelevant topic. Uh, you get in here, you're going to be playing a really good basketball team that won their way into this tournament. And you better be ready. I don't care if you're a 1, 2, 3, 14, 15, 16. You, you better be ready. Because I've been... I've, I've been in a situation where I've been a lower seed and we've beaten higher seeds. Uh, and, and, you know, you better come with your best. Uh, and, and once this thing starts, what, what, what does seeding have to do with anything? Uh, no. you, you have to beat somebody really good. And you better, you better be ready. You better have the right mindset. Oh, speak, speaking of mindset, Coach, uh, we have heard people talk about that the that the bubble is going to be similar to what the NBA players went with, except for there's no golfing, there's no excursions and all that. It's going to be limited to the uh, hotel and no food opportunities, really, except for what's in the hotel. Like So what kinds of things are you preparing to do to keep your team mentally folked in, focused and locked in for what's hopefully a long tournament run well it starts with you know we just got our COVID test uh and we were able to meet and then uh once the COVID test happens now we're in quarantine for the next two days so what they have to do is you know be computer savvy and get on and watch what they can as we the coaching staff breaks down our opponent separately so I'm in my hotel room. The other coaches in our hotel rooms. We're all watching tapes separately and getting ready to play our next opponent. Uh, they can't leave the hotel. Uh, we can only eat the food that's provided by the hotel, and it has to be independent and in your room. So the food will be delivered to your room. Uh, you know, so you know from that standpoint, clearly, guys, it's it's it, it's very unique. You know, some of the most fun you've had is to be able to walk around town and, and, and see your families, but the reality is and I'm really impressed, and I actually just bumped into Danny Gavitt, just so impressed with he and the staff and, and the incredible planning to provide an opportunity for these kids to enjoy an experience that they'll remember for the rest of their lives, one that they earned. And last year, I remember how we felt. We earned an NCAA bid for a tournament that never took place. And, and I know what that disappointment was like because there was one player in particular who, who deserved to have that opportunity and he never did. 
So I'm just so thankful that we've been able to pull this thing together in an incredibly professional way and have the tournament. And, and so, yeah, it's a little bit different, but, it, you know, we're all thrilled to be here. We all accept the protocol, and uh, you know, we'll just get ready to play the next game. That's all. This is Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Aaron Torres, joined by George Reister and Dan Beyer. Coach Fran McCaffrey from Iowa is joining us. Iowa, a two-seed. They open with Grand Canyon for the NCAA tournament. Coach, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative, but I, I, in a lot of ways I want to emphasize the positive. You just talked about everything that your players have had to go through this year just to get to this point. How proud of you are you? How proud are you of this group? Because, and maybe even take the fan behind how limited these players have been in terms of social interactions, family interactions, things like that, because college basketball has certainly been unlike any year prior to this season. You're, you're so right, and, and I, I am incredibly proud because they committed to one another You know, pretty much since we started doing uh, daily testing at our institution in the summertime. They said, okay, guys, we're going to go to daily testing and we're going to be with each other. We're going to commit to one another to have a great season in the best league in the country, get our team to the NCAA tournament, and experience what we didn't get to experience last year. Now, there's a lot of things that they didn't get to experience that you know you would expect any 20, 21-year-old to have the opportunity to enjoy. You know, when, when school returns in late August, and, you know, football weekends and opportunities to go after a big victory on a Saturday and, and go out to dinner with your family. And all of these things that we have taken for granted for so many years, these kids did not get to experience. So when you talk about, yes, I'm proud, I, I'm so incredibly proud at the discipline that they showed and the understanding of what it takes. Because it's one thing to do it, for a short period of time, but it's another thing to do it over several months. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're just so excited to be here together and, and, and excited for the opportunity to compete. Fred McCaffrey, head coach of Iowa, wrapping up here. I, I'm just curious, how did your team respond when, when Jack Nungy went down um, w- with his knee injury? What was that period like and what was already a challenging season? Uh, can you just uh, expound on that a little bit, on, on how your team reacted and then responded to, to his injury? Well, you know, it starts with their love for him as a person. You know, he redshirted two years ago, actually three years ago, and then last year he got hurt, blew his knee out. So we all felt for him. He was starting. Uh Long rehabilitation, as you know, when you do an ACL repair, uh, was really playing well. And uh, his dad passed away unexpectedly. And then a month or so later, after he was really, really making a different basketball team, and he hurts his knee again in the Michigan game. I mean, I can tell you, I think to specifically answer your question, the moon in the locker room at halftime when we knew that Jack's season was over uh, was incredibly upsetting uh, and I think uh, those guys you know they, they put their arms around him they told him they loved him uh, they told him they were going to fight hard for him you know and he's here with us still a huge part of our basketball team will be a really good player for us next year 
but those are the kinds of things that happen through the course of a season that define uh, a group of young men. You know, the, the day of our first game, we attended his dad's funeral virtually. You know, that's not normally how you start a basketball season. So, uh, you know, we love him. You know, we're looking forward to getting him back next year. Right now he's with us. And others have had to step up. You know, anytime there's an injury, it's always the same mantra. Next man up. And he's right there behind that guy. And, and we've got some really good play out of our freshmen, particularly Keegan Murray and Patrick McCaffrey at the, at the front court positions. Iowa gets Grand Canyon on Saturday. Any idea where, Coach, or when? Has that information been, been given to you? It has not been shared. I've been told it's going to be later on this evening. I don't know what that time is. Well, uh, we'll be we'll be waiting with bated breath because we can't wait to get this all settled. Coach, thanks so much for the time. We know it's busy. Congratulations on uh, on a great season and, and best of luck into a, a tournament that we all can't wait for it to start. Thanks so much for the time, Coach. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Fran McCaffrey, head right. coach you, of coach. Iowa. His uh, Hawkeyes, a two-seed in the West. And they will take on Grand Canyon coming up on Saturday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Aaron Torres joins us as well here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll wrap up this Selection Sunday special coming up next year. Plus, get our national championship predictions from the guys. That next year on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Fox Sports Sunday, our Selection Sunday special. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Aaron Torres with us as well as we're live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. All right, guys, in the last few minutes here, uh, it, as you look at this bracket, and I'll go with Aaron first and then, George, you can follow. If you want to pick a winner and give a reason why, that's fine. If there are matchups that you think or a team that can advance a, a, a ways in this bracket, let us have it. I'm curious on what strikes you the most as you look at this bracket and now as many of us do without the country, start to fill it out. Aaron, we will start with you. Now that the field is set, what is striking you the most and has your attention? You know, Dan, it's where we started, and I don't mean to be redundant here, but we, we talked about the pressure that Gonzaga's under, undefeated. So many people still question their resume. This is about as favorable of a path as you could have asked for. I mentioned it off the top. They have already beaten the two, three, and four seeds in the regular season of the NCAA tournament. Kansas and Virginia both, in theory, could still have COVID problems going into their games uh, You know, uh, in, in, a, in a Sweet 16, Elite 8 type setting. I think by that time you would hope that it would be cleaned up. But you just look at this draw. I, I just really... Uh, knock on wood, I really don't know, but uh, but I have real trouble seeing who really gives them problems. Maybe Creighton in the Sweet 16, but until we get to an Elite Eight, it's just really hard for me to see them, frankly, even being challenged, let alone losing a game. Yeah, for for me, the teams that I'm looking at, like I think that you're going to have more upsets based upon what we've seen in the college in the conference tournaments and that doesn't mean I don't think we're necessarily going to see Iona beat Alabama but I think that when you see Alabama play UConn or you know or that that those are the types of matchups that are going to go the other way because there's not enough uh, sample size isn't large enough of non-conference games which then will distort how people see them versus the results. 
I know that you don't want to look ahead, but that's what you do with a bracket. So you're going to look ahead. You're going to look at possible matchups. To think we could have an Illinois Oklahoma State Sweet 16 matchup is Ooh, to me juicy. is yeah I mean considering some thought Oklahoma State could have maybe have been a two seed uh, maybe end up being a three seed they end up being a four seed and and the way that Illinois is played we talked about earlier I think they have a really really good chance of of cutting down the nets and winning it all. But that Sweet 16 game could be the best game that we could see in the entire tournament, and it and it happens in the round of 16. So that that is something that that stands out to me. I wanted to come on here and say BYU, you know, look out for the Cougars and, and what they could do. But they've got the winner of Michigan State, UCLA. Then you could have Texas. Then you could have Alabama. And you know, who knows if Michigan's going to make it or not? But so that Illinois Oklahoma State potential Sweet 16 matchup stands out to me. All right, guys, I'm picking Illinois. Aaron, if you had to pick a winner right now, who are you going with? Oh, it's so cliche. I'm going Gonzaga. I just think their path is sure. so easy. I mean, I'm looking even Baylor, North Carolina in the second round could be a challenge, so I will go Gonzaga. And George, if you had to pick a winner right now, we won't hold you to it, but right now? Oregon. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> For George Reister and Aaron Torres, I'm Dan Byer. This has been the Fox Sports Radio Selection Sunday Special. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, Whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.